How would you like to learn new skills and face exciting new challenges? Maybe you want to develop your clinical expertise and give your career a boost. I'm Lucy Coward and I've been hearing from healthcare workers, including doctors, nurses and paramedics, who spend their spare time as medical reservists in the Royal Air Force. These are no ordinary medics. They're trained to care for sick or injured military personnel and civilians, sometimes in areas of conflict, both on the ground and in the air. So what's it like? How does the recruitment process work? We've asked some RAF medical reservists to record their thoughts about why they joined and what they get out of it. Like Corporal Paula Colclough from 4626 Squadron based at RAF Bryce Norton. My civilian job is working as a Band 4 assistant practitioner in an emergency department where I've worked for the last 14 years. Six years ago, I decided to join the RAF. One of my biggest challenges and obstacles was to get fit and lose weight. So even before I applied, I booked into a CrossFit gym and I went there three times a week for six months where I managed to lose two stone and really get my fitness up to scratch. I then applied for a position, did my research, found out about 4626 Squadron, found out about what the RAF represented, its history, and then I applied for the job. On the day of the interview, I was really nervous before I went in, but then after a little while, they started asking me the questions and I was managing to come out of all the answers. So it really paid off doing the research. I left the room feeling quite pleased, thinking I'd done quite well, but wasn't sure if they was actually gonna let me join or not. I remember going back upstairs in the building, made myself a cup of coffee. I didn't even get to drink it when I got called back into the room again, where I was told that I'd um, done really well in the interview and that I was going to be taken on. It's one of the best feelings in the world. And I'd also say a really big achievement for me as well. I was super excited. And I've been here now six years. It's really crucial that you have a good working relationship with your manager, because it's really important that she knows what's going on with your military career in order to give you time off to go on exercises and courses. I normally tell my manager months in advance on stuff that I'm going to do. So I've made sure that I've got the time off. I suppose I'm really lucky that my manager supports me in it so much. And she seems to be really proud of me as well that I do this. And she loves hearing all the stories. And in fact, so does everybody else at work. Like if I come back from an exercise somewhere, they want to know what I've done and what's happened and I'm always getting asked questions a lot as well and I love talking about it as well so I'm really enthusiastic about it all. One of the best things that I have done so far is going on exercise in America. I was in charge of a field hospital for 24 hours and that has been one of the highlights of my career. This is normally reserved for officers but the American colonel said to me one day, Paula, I'm going to put you in charge. I want you to run everything. And I just jumped at it. It was really, really good experience to have all these people under me, to have all the patients. It was a staging unit, so all the planes would land and we would get them ready to load the patients on so they could fly off again. It was a really great experience and I learned a lot about myself and how to lead a team as well which was a big deal for me to do. 
I'm about to be deployed as well. So that's another exciting prospect for me. I'm going to be going away for two to three months, either to Oman or Malaysia. So I'm very excited. I've already told my manager what's happening. So she's in the loop. And I know it's only April now, but I've already told her. So she's aware of what's going to happen. So it's not a last minute thing for her to think, oh, no, I need to find cover. Again, she's really pleased for me that I'm going to do this deployment. I think that will be even a better experience than going to America. I really recommend people doing this as a second career. I've learned a lot about myself. I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses. To be honest, I'm not very good with the rifle, but I get through it and I do pass the tests when I have to do them. But you can't be good at everything. But one thing I do know is that I'm a good nurse and that I will always look after injured service personnel really well and do the best I can for them and that I'll never let them down. And I think at the end of the day, that is my main role, to be a really good nurse and to help and care for people who are injured. Highly recommend this. And I hope if anybody's listening to this that they think, yeah, I can do this because I didn't think I could do it. And here I am six years later and still loving it. And Corporal Colclough isn't the only one enjoying her time as a reservist. Hi, I'm Sergeant Andrew Duncan and I'm part of 612 Squadron Medical Reserves based at Lucas Station near St Andrews in Scotland. I live in Lancashire in the northwest with my partner and I have two grown-up children. I have a son who's also in the RAF and I also have a daughter who lives nearby uh, and I have a two-year-old granddaughter. In my civilian role, I'm the lead HEMS paramedic with the Northwest Air Ambulance. I'm actually part of the NHS as a paramedic, but I'm on permanent secondment to the Northwest Air Ambulance. Uh, and we cover the northwest of England, which encompasses Manchester, Liverpool, Cheshire, um, the Cumbria and Lancashire areas. I'm responsible for the clinical operations of the paramedic team and the operational performance of the doctor team. I've got a team of about 44 that work on the Northwest Air Ambulance. And as part of my role, uh, 60% of my time is spent flying with that team and then 40% of that time is spent on the operational requirements of that team, which is everything from recruitment to uniforms to drugs to audits and to clinical governance of that team. I've been a reserve for eight years now. Um, I started off as a SAC. I was then moved to corporal, consistent with my civilian role in the medical um services and I've recently been promoted to sergeant. There are several reasons really why I joined the RAF reserves. My son is an RAF regular and it all started really there. Um, during a tour of Afghanistan in 2009, he, when he came home he told me that he'd worked with some of the NHS reserve paramedics on the MERT uh, and that sort of started my interest really. Um, it got me thinking um, and one of the things that sort of influenced my decision really was um, my son, if my son was going to Afghanistan then other people's sons and daughters were going to Afghanistan as well and really I wanted people like myself um, to look after people exactly like my son and daughter should they get injured on operations uh, or in training or any environment where the RAF finds itself operating I think there's a character trait in people 
Um, they have a character trait to sort of push themselves into the next challenging situation. Once they've mastered one, they move on to the next one. And I think what they do, what certainly from my experience, I sort of see if I can cope in those situations. I want to manage it. I want to. I want to meet the challenge, and I want to at the end of it do a do a good job. And after that, I think you grow as a person. I think uh, once you've succeeded in something, you take that experience and use it for other things as well. I think uh, my most uh, memorable or enjoyable events with the RF, RF so far, oh, there's many, there are so many. Um, I think my first one, which is very similar to NHS humour, is military humour. Uh, my first Father's Day after joining the RAF Reserves, um, I got a card off my son uh, and on it it said to Corporal Duncan from Sergeant Duncan, Happy Father's Day. Uh, and actually, it's a tradition that, that's continued to this day as he continues to outrank me despite my best efforts. He does continue to outrank me. Um, and I think my other most enjoyable event is it's very different from the day job. I have a five-hour drive to get to uh, uh, Lucas Station from where I live. Um, and I'm not even the one who lives the furthest away from the station. So that just goes to show the sort of level of commitment that people give to the RF reserves. Um, but also that drives part of my transition from my day job into my RAF reserves role. And a part of that big thing is the experiences that you get from being part of the RAF reserves. I think the experiences are driven by the people. And I think if you're a people person, then those people uh, that you meet that are friends for both regulars and reservists, um, you just want to uh, have those experiences with those people. I think... Um, one thing that COVID has brought out for all of us is that deep down at heart, we're all people, people. Uh, and to that extent, um, we've had no training weekends uh, with the RF reserves. And that's been a big shock, really, uh, because we're medical and we're part of the NHS. Our training weekends have been very limited to virtual online training events. And that interaction um, has been a big part of, uh, of that adjustment to the what, what we call the new norm with, with the pandemic. Uh, and essentially, I think I miss my mates. Um, if you want to edit that out, I'd be happy about that because I don't want to think I've gone all mushy on them. Um, and um, I think ultimately that is the big part of the RAF reserves is the people that you meet um, become very, very good friends and the experiences you have become very, very memorable as well. I think the last 12 months of the pandemic have been really challenging. I think they've been really challenging for everybody. Personally, I've had changes, massive changes to working practices. I've had to adjust um, the term ambiguity. Be comfortable with ambiguity is a very much an RAF mantra. Uh, and I've got very comfortable with ambiguity, as I think a lot of us have. I think the experience we've all had in the air ambulance um, community is um, just a huge increase in the level of violence. Uh, Self-harm, assaults to fatalities. Um, I personally, I've been... Uh, an air ambulance paramedic for the last eight years and I've never seen the level of violence that I've seen in the last 12 months and that on its own is quite challenging um, because um, these are things that are quite graphic quite quite um, traumatic um, for everybody in so involved not just us but for our ambulance colleagues for the relatives of the patient for the police the ripple effect is quite big and um, I think that's um, been quite a challenging, but it's one we've coped with. We're quite a small team and we've managed to cope with it by essentially looking after each other, doing exactly what we do for our patients. And I think that's one of the things um, that we do very well in the RF Reserves. We sort of look after each other.
I think if anything in this podcast has resonated with you, then I think it's it's worth inquiring further as to whether you should consider pursuing a, a career with the RAF Reserves. If you're looking for your next challenge, be that personal or, or professional, if you want to do something different, if you want to find yourself in different environments and different situations, if you want to have those new experiences and grow new friendships that... I think for me personally, I think those friendships will last a lifetime because of those challenging and shared experiences I've had with them. Um, Then I think those are the types of healthcare colleagues that the RAF want. And actually conversely to that, the RAF reserves is probably the team that those those same healthcare colleagues want to be part of because we all enjoy being part of a a team that does well, uh, that has a purpose, that has a common goal and that's a real feel-good factor, and I think that's intrinsically part of what the RAF Medical Reserves is. That was Sergeant Andrew Duncan. So what is the recruitment process? Flight Sergeant Neil White is a recruiter for 612 Squadron, based at RAF Lucas. The first thing that you're best doing to start the journey is having a look at the RAF Careers website, because it quite clearly um, specifies the trades and branches, which is specialisations that we are actually after in the RAF Medical Reserves. Once they've, they've had a look on the, the website and they've taken the information, they can actually phone up the information line, asking additional questions on there and get put through to a specialist recruiter from the RAF Medical Reserves that can perhaps ask or answer any questions relating to the, the initial stages, um, then it would be, it's, I think it's paramount to everybody that wants to join the RAF Medical Reserves to attend an information day. Because at the information day, all the elements are, are covered from recruitment, training opportunities, pathways, about how we support you and your employer during deployment opportunities. But in that part as well, we also give a little bit of assurance um, because at times I've had questions coming from candidates they come to the information day and say my my wife or my husband or my partner or mum and dad they kind of support this but they're worried you're going to send me away so the one thing we'll not do is we'll not consider someone for a deployment an operation or an exercise until we feel that they are the suitable skill set and RAF trained, allowing them to, to actually go. When you're in the recruitment process, we're very much basing that on you as a clinical specialist, the skills you've got, and us trying to identify if we can see you fitting into to an RAF system as an RAF um, service person. How quick is the process from that initial recruitment to arriving at phase one training? When they leave the information day, they know from the information they've received if this is something that they, they, want to, they want to do. So the next stage for a clinical specialist is to, to actual forward as a CV that is reviewed by the trade advisor or branch advisor of, of the relevant um, specialisation they are. So the next part would be an RAF interview. Now, the RAF interview is basically the interviewer having to think about, does this person have the attributes we are after as an RAF service person? 
if the person is successful through that interview, they will move on to a specialist interview. And that is very much talking about clinical medical skills to work out if the, the interviewer sees that person as a specialist in the area. From that, the, the person will have a capita medical and on completion of capita medical, it will be the RAFP joining fitness test. What would they roughly be expected to do in the, in the physical training test? There's two pre-joining fitness tests. The, the first test will be undertook at a Nuffield gym. And the first test will be a mile and a half run on a treadmill. And that will be specific to the age and sex of the, the actual candidate. On completion of the mile and a half run the treadmill, they'll be invited to do a certain number of press-ups and a certain number of sit-ups in one minute, again, according to the, the age and sex. Prior to the, the, the candidate going down um, to, to phase one training, they also need to complete the RAF fitness test, which is the dreaded multi-stage fitness test, some people know as the bleep test. And unless you complete both elements of the, the RAF fitness test, you're unable to, to process on to phase one training. It's given people plenty of time to prepare for it because from information day to fitness test can sometimes be three or four months. So therefore, what, what we find is by the time it comes to the, the pre-joining fitness test, a majority of the applicants are able to pass it um, when, when the, the, they actually attempt it. And it's, it's a bit about personal pride as well. They're committing to the, the process of joining the RAF Medical Reserves. And as part of that, that process, they're, they're told from the outset, you need to be committed. And one of the ways to show that they're committed is by coming and passing the, the pre-joining fitness test. And at times, you know, people don't make the required standard. And people that do that are, are upset about it and they ensure they go away and work hard to come back and, and reset the test. Are you up to the challenge? The RAF Medical Reserves is actively recruiting now. To find out more about becoming a reserve in the Royal Air Force, search Royal Air Force Reserves. Royal Air Force. No ordinary job. <laughs>